You're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com. In this podcast, I want to talk to you about a subject that I often get questions about, and that is dealing with non-economic damages or pain and suffering damages when your client is elderly. We often talk about ways to use per diem type arguments to have the jury understand in a real life way the value of time. And when you have a younger client and they've been hurt and their injury is permanent or a forever injury and it's going to be there for the rest of their life, you can start taking the number of hours in a day and applying a rate like $10 an hour. And it's a way for jurors to grasp this is a significant injury and that justice really requires a likewise significant verdict. When you have a client who doesn't have many years left, that model just simply doesn't work. But the flip side is that doesn't mean that your client's suffering in what's often been referred to over the years as the golden years is of somehow less value. It just needs to be quantitated from a different perspective. And a perspective that I have developed that I know from having delivered many times is sincere and it is persuasive and it is just fair. And I call it all time is not equal. And I would explain this to a jury. With young people, time is not of great value. They would rather skip ahead a year or two and be older. They got more time on their hands than they know what to do. They're anxious for it to pass so they can grow up. That is completely different when you're at the other end of the spectrum. As people near the ends of their lives, time becomes precious. Every day is a treasure. Every moment matters. When someone who is elderly says, I'm sorry, it's heartfelt. It's not lip service. When someone who is nearer the end of their life says, I love you, it's delivered like a vow. It is coming from the depths of that person's soul, wanting this person to know, I want to make sure you know I love you. Talks from a recliner take on a profound meaning when you're speaking to the elderly with limited time on earth. Even if nothing much is said, whether it's just reminiscing or catching up, it doesn't matter. It's pure joy and it's never boredom because of the circumstances. We all know in movies, the deathbed conversations are the most moving tender scenes you'll ever see in a movie. Why? because of the ultimate scarcity of the moment. The less of anything there is, the more valuable it is. And life is a rarity like no other. It's not just, by the way, that way for elderly loved ones, which then leads in to a section I want to add to this. The first part is a way to bring to life 
not a new concept for jurors, but to remind them of what they bring to the courtroom already know. It is unfair to judge somebody's life expectancy as the measuring stick for the value of having an injury thrust into their lives that interferes with those days by no fault of their own. So I'm going to finish this thought, and then the last is I want to flip this to a wrongful death case where it is the survivors are young, because the same model applies there. But let me first close this out with an elderly client who has been injured. You explain after you go through all time is not equal and you say it in these kind of ways that the jurors from their own life experiences go, aha, he's right, he's right. And then you will lead that into the argument and that my client, who may have other frailties and health problems, had a great deal of independence and mobility until this injury was thrust by no fault of her own into her life unnaturally. And it is impacting these precious few years that she has left, and that is of significant value if we're serious about the business of weighing the impact on this individual's life. And I know you folks are serious about that because we went through a jury selection and worked very hard to pick the right people, and many were called, few were chosen, and you are of the chosen few. So with that in mind, let's talk about the impact to Mrs. Jones, and then you can take it into the impact and put the amount you feel is reasonable, just, or the range on top of that. But the stepping off point to bring the jury's focus properly in not just saying, oh, were they old, how bad could it be, or how much could the value of that be? That lead-in that all time is not equal in contrasting it against young people where time is a very little value versus the scarcity of time in the elderly is the preparation for a jury embracing the fairness of the argument to come. Now, that same argument works well when someone elderly dies and has a elderly spouse. It works perfectly. But it also works in a death case to, again, fairly orient the jury if it is someone elder that died or wasn't of the greatest health and had limited years on earth left dies, and they leave behind a younger, healthier survivor, and it's their wrongful death claim. You say the same thing that we just ran through with all times not equal and describing the I'm sorry's and the I love you's and the death scenes in movies and the talks from the recliner, except you end it this way. It's not just that way for elderly loved ones. The same's true for children who know their parent is slipping away. One more visit, one more phone call, one more hug's worth its weight in gold. For goodness sake, let's not disrespect the universal truth of just how much time is worth when it's running out. Let's recognize it and let's honor it. And that is a method to take the elderly client and get them full and complete justice. Thank you. 
For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com.